Okay, good morning everybody. Today's daf is Ksubis Daf Ayin Zayin. We left off at Daf Ayin Zayin. Number Alf, we're at the Mishnah on the top of the page. Today's year is sponsored by Dr. David Lander, an honor of his wife and children, and Le'ili Nishmas' mother, Golda Basimcha Le'a Shalom. And it's also sponsored by Dr. Yosef Gurvich, in honor of his wife and children. We thank both sponsors very, very much for the continued sponsorship of the Daf Yomi. So we are holding again at the Mishnah on Ayin Zayin Number Alf, and the Mishnah is going to talk about what happens if the man has a mum, and what does that do to the marriage? So the first mission is going to talk about cases where the man has a mum, where we do not force him to divorce his wife on account of his mum, and then the next mission is going to talk about where he has mum in that we do force him to divorce his wife on account of his mum. And then the Gemara is going to discuss whether we, defor- whether we force someone to divorce his wife after 10 childless years. And if we do, why isn't that listed in the Mishnah as one of the cases that we force him to divorce to divorce his wife. Then the Gemara is going to talk about a disease called Ra'asan, which is a type of Mukashchin, and uh, how it, ha, ha, what causes the disease, and how to cure the disease. This is the brain surgery daf. The Gemara describes how they would do brain surgery to, uh, to cure this disease. Then the Gemara is going to talk about the extraordinary deaths of Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi and Rabbi Hanina bar Papa, which involved a whole dialogue with the uh, Malach Amavas, and then a little bit more about that disease called Ra'asan and why it is that people in Bavel don't suffer from that, nor from Sara'as to end the Peruk of Pe'ezus Hashem. So let's begin at the Mishnah and Daf Ayin Zayin Amad at the top of the page, third line of the page. So it says the Mishnah, If a man develops a mum, we do not force him to divorce his wife, because a, person, a man is makbid that is uh, that, that 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 his wife doesn't have mumin, but that's because Einisha Elulayofi says the Tosas read women are looking for different things in men than men are looking for in women. So some of the same mumin that would uh, puzzle, so to speak, a wife would not puzzle a husband. That's if it's a minor blemish. But if it's a major blemish, then then we do force him to. Uh, to divorce his wife. Whenever we say the Me'iri points out it's not only with words, it's uh, whatever it takes to, to make him divorce his wife. We're going to see in the Gemara soon, the Pasuk Mishle says, words alone, that's not called uh, forcing him. But the question that uh, the Rishonim struggle with is why don't we say that uh, of the Isha, that we shouldn't force him to, uh, to divorce her. We say if a woman develops a mum after Erosin, that it's his tough luck, this is your wife, you got to live with her. How come if a man develops a mum later on, we're going to force him to, uh, to divorce his wife? So Tosu suggests, because a woman, a man is not considered the Sada of the Isha, and therefore you can't say, the Tosu Srid suggests that when the husband wants to make her lose her Ksuba, we say, too bad, you're already obligated in the Ksuba. But over here, the obligation already exists, and we're just trying to uh, make him live up to that obligation. We're not trying to make him be mafsid. We're not being mafsid him anything, and therefore it's not considered as uh, much of a statement to be kofin oso lahotzi as it is to be kofin osa lahotzi. So says Gemara, Rabbi Yudatani Noldu Chiyabaravtani Hayu. What is the case of our Mishnah? He has these women. We're not going to force him to divorce his wife. Is that only? Is that is that when uh, he developed these women after they got married?
married or, or he already had these women all along. If the Mishnah is talking about a case where he developed these women recently after they're married and we still don't force him to divorce his wife, for sure if he had them before they were married, we're not going to force him to divorce his wife. She knew about them and she was okay with them. But if you learn our Mishnah is talking about a case where he already had these women and still we force him to divorce his wife, well then if, uh, and, and, and I'm sorry, and we don't force him to divorce his wife rather, when he had these women, we would say, right, we're not going to end the marriage if she knew about it in advance, but if he develops a new moment, then she could say, "I was, I didn't. This is not what I signed up for." And then we're going to force him to divorce his wife. So it's not. The Rambam had commented that the whole idea that we're not going to be kofenosolahotzi, that we're going to leave the marriage be, is only if it's small moment. But if it's large moment, she can demand a divorce. So no. I understand very well if these are brand new mumin, so there's a difference between mumin gadol and mumin katanim. They're brand new mumin. She didn't know about them, and uh, maybe a mum katan, she's willing to withstand. A mum gadol, she's not willing to withstand. But according to the Shita, that he had these mumin before anyway, and she knew about them. So what difference does it make whether they were mumin gadol or mumin katanim? She was aware of them, she was mekabel them so even a mumgadol we should say that the marriage should remain intact so says Umar, no, she's allowed to change her mind if it's a mumgadol she thought she'd be able to tolerate it and now she's not able to tolerate it a lot of times when people are young and they don't know, they think they'll be able to tolerate all sorts of things, they don't realize how important certain things are to them so a mumgadol, she didn't realize that it was such a such a big deal, and therefore she's not able to. She's allowed to say, "I, I thought I could do it. I just can't." What are examples of mumin gedolim? So raglo. That is, I uh, gets uh, gets blinded. His arm gets cut off. His leg gets uh, broken in a way that it does not in, does not heal. And it's talking about where it's uh, one eye or one leg or one uh, one arm, because if it's both of them. Um, then everyone would say because then he becomes uh, like an over a bottle mina olam. That's what Shidu Mubetas writes in the name of Tamide Rabbeinu Yonah. The Meiri points out in the name of the Chachmi Lenil that, uh, that, that if one of each of the limbs remain, then you could be Somech on it even if he's missing the other, the other of that limb. But if he doesn't have any of the, the, the uh, if, he, if there are two of something and he's missing both of them, so then there's nothing, there's no functionality in that limb of the body and then we'd be for sure and says the Miri and therefore follow from the Chachmei Lunil that if you have any particular limb where there's only one of in a person's body where you don't have matching so then you're missing just one that would also be enough to be for sure but then he says maybe not maybe it's only arms and legs and eyes where the functionality is very great where then we would say I mean they do most of the things that you do your eyes and your arms and your, and your legs and therefore 
maybe only in that case the Chachmi will say that if you're missing both, then it's a Pashut Kofen according to everybody. See it, Rabbi Abar Yaakov, Rabbi Yochan, Lachram Shemungum Liel. That we pass from Shemungum Liel that the larger Mumin were Kofen That is, let's remember, it's Rabbi Yochanan Paskening like Rabbi Shemungum Liel that were Kofen for the larger Mumin. Rav Am Rav Nachman, Halach Divrechamim. Rav says name Rav Nachman though that no, we pass like Lachamim. We do not force him to divorce his wife even if he has very large mumin. So, does Rabbi Yochanan say we pass on Moshim Gamliel that large mumin were Kofen Osalahotzi? That in all but three cases, we always pass on Moshim Gamliel Mishnais, meaning that. There's an already existing klal and psak that we pass him like Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. So you wouldn't, if Rabbi Yochan really held that there's an existing klal and psak that we always pass Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, I wouldn't need him to pipe up over here. Oh, we pass Rabbi Shimon Gamliel over here. Of course we do. We always do. So it seems to be a stira in Rabbi Yochanan, not, not because he's saying uh, two opposite halachos. But he's saying an unnecessary halacha that it's obvious that we pass from Moshe Gamliel. So says Mar Amoraim in Vali with Rabbi Yochanan. And Yochanan it's Machlokas Amoraim whether Rabbi Yochanan holds that there is a klal in Psak that we always paskin like Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, uh, except for these three cases. The cases appear in Masech Babas, Masech Gitin, Masech Sanhedrin, different uh, different cases where they are the exception to the rule. Okay, next Mishnah. So the Mishnah discusses certain cases where uh, the husband is so blemished in a certain way that we do, that the wife does not have to tolerate it. She does not have to live with him. She can, uh, she, they re, where even the Chachamim who disagree with Ramashungam Liel and think that a large mum she does have to tolerate will agree in these cases we're about to list that Kofnosalahotzi. That's what the Rishonim point out. That's what this mission is adding. The following we do force him to divorce his wife. Mukashchin, if, uh, if he's got boils all over his body. Ubal Polipus. He's a Balpolipos. We'll see the Gemara will describe what that means. Vamekametz, vametzarif nechoshes, a person who's mekametz and who works with uh, with copper. Vabursi and a tanner. Bein shayuachlanisu, bein mishenisu noldu. Whether these are things that he that were pre-existing conditions or whether these are conditions that only developed uh, after they got married. Vaal kulan amar Rabbi Meir, aval pisha hisni ima yicholishatomer svuris sheni yicholukabel vaachshav eni yicholukabel. And all of these, the woman could say, I thought I'd be able to tolerate it, I didn't realize what life would be like, I cannot tolerate it, and therefore he has to give her a get. And the Chum say, no, she has to tolerate it, because uh, they made this tonight, except for a Mukashchin, where that uh, she does not have to tolerate, because uh, she's going to hurt him, it's going to cause his flesh to start coming off, if he has physical intimacy with another person, it's going to destroy Destroy him. There is a machlokus rishonim according to the chamim in the case where she saw these women before the nisuin, but never made an explicit tenai. Right? Our mishnah said that amramir af bisha hisna ima. She could say, I, I, I can't handle it. And the chamim say that no. Once you made a tenai, then you have to live with it. What if she didn't make a tenai, but she was aware of it? Is that the same as a uh, as a, as a tenai? So the Rashma writes that if they didn't make a tenai before the nisuin, she could. 
could say, I thought I could handle it, but I can't handle it. And the Chacham, the, the Ramah, quoted uh, in the Torah, writes that according to the Chavim, even if she only saw these women before the Nisuin, that's Ki'ilu, you made it tonight, that's her being Mechabal. So you have Machlokas Rishonim, whether knowing about it in advance is the same as making it tonight. There was a story in the town of Tzidon where a certain tanner had died, and he had a brother who was in the family business. They worked together in the same business. I mean, the problem was that the, that a Borsia tanner smells. He comes home every day reeking, and she uh, she had a husband where she was tolerating that every day. And now the brother has to yibum, and he has the same smell. She's allowed to say to the brother that I was willing to tolerate it for your deceased brother because uh, he was a good guy, but uh, I'm not willing to tolerate it on you. She's uh, able to say that there are certain things that are tolerable because there are other factors besides for the fact that he was a Borsi that outweighed that. But for you, I'm not able to tolerate it. My Baal Pulipo. So the Mishnah said one of these things that, uh, that uh, a condition that a man has that would make him divorce his wife is if he, he's a Baal Pulipo. So what does that mean? It means that he has some sort of awful smell that comes out of his nose. That he has a horribly bad breath. Ravasi had that it was the opposite Amorayim saying it. That it was uh, Rav Yudah Shmuel that said it was bad breath. It was from the Peh and Masnisatana that it was uh, the nose. So Manuk Pasimani gave a simon to remember. Ravasi gave a simon to remember that Shmuel is the one that said it was from the Peh by saying Shmuel lo pasuk pume mikule pirkin. That Shmuel didn't uh, stop his mouth from our entire parak. Meaning he uh, he knew this parak really well. So uh, so we use the word pume. We use the word mouth in association with Shmuel as an easy way of remembering that Shmuel is the one that held that's how Rashi understands the expression that means he knew this parak really well so Rashi says no it means that Shmuel has something to say on every single Mishnah in this parak and he starts going through all the Mishnahs in the parak and says you see Shmuel has what to say on every Mishnah so that's what it means I just wonder uh, there are probably many Prakim and Shas where, uh, where Shmuel has what to say he's not a, a rare Amora right he comes up all the time so I don't know so my Mekamets what is a Mekamets so Amar of Yehuda Zeh so as Klavim it's someone who gathers uh, little pieces of uh, dog excrement so Mesvei Mekamets a Borsi but we have a Bryce that says Mekamets means a tanner it says more according to you that Mekamets means a tanner Tikshi Lach Masnisen that's against our Mishnah because our Mishnah lists as separate things HaMekamets V'Mitzayim Nechoshes Ve'Aborsi there are separate items on the list how can you say Mekamets is a Borsi Mekamets and Borsi are two separate items on our list in the Mishnah. So Bishlam must see some Kasha. The Mishnah is not going to be a Kasha on the Brisa, because Kan Borsi Gadol, Kan Borsi Katan. It could be there's a difference between a major Borsi and a minor Borsi. El Rav Yehuda, but according to Rav Yehuda, the Mechamit is someone who picks out Saul's Klavim. So Kasha, it's a problem with the Brisa, because the Brisa identifies the Mechamit as a Borsi. So how can you go against the Brisa and say that it's someone who picks out Saul's Klavim? So Tanayi, it's a Machlokas Tanayim. The tiny Mechamit is a Borsi. Vyeshamrim, Zamechamit, Saul's Klavim. So when Rabbi Yehuda said it means someone who's who's mekabit klavim, he was going like one shita in Tanaim. And when the Brisa says a mekabit is a borsi, he was going like another shita in Tanaim. And both of those shitos fit our Mishnah. If you say that it's a guy who picks tzos klavim, then it's perfectly fine in our Mishnah it, 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 because it's uh, borsi is, has nothing to do with it. And if you say that it means a borsi, it's also fine in our Mishnah because there's a borsi katan and a borsi gadol. Hamitzayv nechoshes va borsi. That we we mentioned in mitzayv. 
Nechoshes and Aborsi. My Mitzarif Nechoshes. What is a Mitzarif Nechoshes? Ravashi Amar Chashli Dudi. It's a guy who makes copper pots. Rabbi Rabbanu Amar is a Mechatik Nechoshes Meikaro. No, it means someone who mines copper. Tanya Kavas said Rabbi Rabbanu is a Mitzarif and Mechatik Nechoshes Meikaro. And we have a brace that says explicitly it means a person who mines Nechoshes. Amar Rav Amar in his own If a person says I'm not going to give my wife Mizonos, nor will I provide her with her, her other needs. So we say, okay, then give her a get and pay her ksuba. Rablazar said this in front of Shmuel. So Shmuel said they fed uh, barley to Elazar like uh, they feed a behemoth. Because what do you mean? Why would we force him to divorce his wife? Force him to feed his wife. The guy is saying that I don't want to support her. We tell him you have to support her. So Virav and Rav who says that we force him to divorce his wife will say, no, we're not going to force him to feed his wife because they know them darim nachash b'kfifa because uh, you can't live with a snake like this. So uh, if, if this is the kind of things that he's been up to, that he's trying to deny his wife sustenance, he's trying to deny his wife her basic necessities, you don't force him to start feeding her because he'll come up with something else next. You force him to divorce her and pay her ksuba and let her move on with her life. Kisalik Rabbi Zeira, when Rabbi Zeira went from Bavel to Eretz Yisrael, Ashkel Rabbi Yom Bar Yavis, Yosef Akamel HaMashved Rabbi Yochanan, he heard Rabbi Yom Bar Yavis saying this halacha, that kofnos lahotzi, in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. So he said about this, achsua sarin lelazar bavel. They fed barley to Lazar in bavel. Meaning when Rabbi Lazar wanted to say the same thing, that kofnos lahotzi, they got really upset at him. So it happens to be, so how do we pass him? Is it kofnos lahotzi or kofnos lahachil? And lazan ishto in such a case. So rov rishonim, the Rabbi Nechananel and the Rif and the Rambam, passing like Shmuel, that Kofnos Lozun and not Lahotzi, that we force him to feed his wife, not to divorce her. And the Ritva explains, because the, the Klalim Psak is that Hilchsuk Shmuel Bedini. And even though Rabbi Yochanan holds like Rav, and normally we pass like Rabbi Yochanan against Shmuel, but over here the Gemara rejected Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Zera rejected it. However, the Bahag quoted in the uh, in the Ritva, Paskins like Rav and Rabbi Yochanan, because they are the Rabbim against Shmuel, and that's another Klalim Psak that Yochanan Rabbim halacha karam, so they outvote Shmuel, and that's how those read paskins as as well. And the fact that Rabbi Zera was docha Rabbi Yochanan, that's uh, he was just trying to explain Shmuel Shita, but that's just a, a restatement of Shmuel Shita. It's not a real dechia of the sheet of Rabbi Yochanan. Amr Rav Asi, Ein ma'asin We only force people to be, uh, to, to divorce their wives if they're psulos, meaning that women who, uh, there's a chiyuv to, uh, to divorce. So Kamrisa made the Shmuel, when he said this in front of Shmuel, Amar, he said that I'll explain to you what he means by psulos, where we force uh, the husband to divorce her. Kigon, Alman al meaning when there's an issue and then being married, so then we force them to divorce. But if a couple has been married for 10 years and they don't have any children, so we do not force him to divorce his wife, even though he has a mitzvah puravu, but we don't, we don't force him to fulfill this mitzvah. Ravtachlifa Baravimi says in the name of Shmuel that even if they've been married for 10 years without children, 10 
childless years, even then we're kofnel so lahotzi. Um, the uh, Mi'ibri says some say that that's only in Eretz Yisrael because in Yevamos they apply they they learned this din from Avram Avinu that he married Sarah Miketzes Hashanim l'Shevus Avram Beretz Kanaan. That's when he took Hagar. Uh, but prior to ten years in Eretz Kanaan, even though it was way more than ten years after they were married, so you assume that uh, they just need the zechus of Eretz Yisrael to help them out. The Ramban says no, no, that's only for Avram Avinu, where Hakadosh Baruch Hu promised him that he's going to have children dafka in Eretz Yisrael. But Ledoros, where uh, Kali Yisrael is supposed to continue even in Galus, so then uh, even in Galus it's going to apply after ten years. So tonight, the following uh, in our mission we said the people that we do force to divorce their wives, Mukashchinu Baltulipos. So Bishlam the Ravasi, I understand Ravasi who understand who, who explained Shmuel that uh, if there's a forbidden marriage, we force them to divorce, but not someone who's been married for ten years without children. Katani, Katani. The our Mishnah lists the Bali Mumin and the Bali Umnios that uh, that 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 are Midra uh, Banan, but it doesn't list those that are that we force to uh, to divorce because they're a problem Midar Raisa. El Rav Tachliva Baravimi listening Nasi Shavishayim Es Shanim Loyalda Kavnoso. Uh, why, why doesn't it listen to our Mishnah that if they've been married for 10 years meaning that's a Din Drabanan so if our Mishnah is listing all the Din Drabanan and you hold that when you've you had 10 childless years we are Kofano Salahotzi shouldn't that have made it into our Mishnah as one of the items one of the cases where it's Kofano Salahotzi that Shmuel when he said that he 10 childless years were Kofano Salahotzi that's Kofano with words whereas the Allah that it says in our Mishnah, the Kofnos Lahotzi, that's by physically forcing Lahotzi. So, Maskev Rabbi Abba Bidvarim Lo Yivasarevitz. Rabbi Abba says, What are you talking about? We wouldn't use the term Kofin on, on words. Words, Bidvarim Lo Yivasarevitz. That's not called Kfia. Elo Am Rabbi Abba, Rabbi Abba Havaha Bishoti. They're both talking about uh, physically forcing Lahotzi. Hasam Ki Amra, Havina Bade, Ki Amra, when the woman was Makabal the woman, Havina Bade, I'm willing to stay with him, Shafkin Allah. So we allow her to do that because the, we, we're only forcing him to divorce her for her benefit. But but in the case of 10 childless years, even if she says, no, I'm willing to put up with it, I'm willing to be childless with this man, we don't allow that because he has a mitzvah puravu. It's not only for her benefit that we force this divorce, it's uh, for uh, for the benefit of his being able to do the mitzvah. But wait a second, what about the case of Mukashkin? Where even if she says, I'm willing to tolerate it, we don't allow the marriage to stay. It's not chutzmi mukashchin reshem makto, except for a mukashchin, because makto. So why is uh, 10 childless years any different than a mukashchin? So we're right to back to our kasha, that 10 childless years should have been on the list of our Mishnah of things that, uh, that, 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 that result in uh, us forcing the husband to divorce his wife. Uh, because don't tell me that no, the items in the Mishnah are things that she could be mochel. Mukashchin, she can't be mochel, and that's in our Mishnah, so ten child this year should also be in our Mishnah. So it says Mar no still ten child this year is different than Mukashkin. Hasum Kiamar Diana Bahade Basahade Shafkinullah. If the guy is a Mukashkin, she says, I'm willing to live with him with witnesses that will see that we never touch each other, then we'll allow it. But there's no such thing if they've been married without any children, because the whole point is that they should, that he, the man needs to do Puravu. So even having all the witnesses in the world that they're never uh, physically in contact with each other doesn't help a single bit when it comes to that. So that's why it doesn't make it into our Mishnah. Once we talk about Mukashchin, the Gemara emphasizes a particular type of Mukashchin. Tanya, Amr, Rabbi Yossi, Safli, Zakin, Echel, Manshu, 
In the old Yerushalmi Yid once told me, there are 24 types of Mukishchin, and all of the cases uh, having physical intimacy will cause his flesh to start crumbling. Um, but Bali Ra'asan is the worst type of Mukishchin. What causes Bali Ra'asan to happen? That if a person has Tashmish Shamita right after bloodletting, he's going to have very weak children. But if both man and woman were both make his dam vishimshu and then had tashma shamita, having lobana bali rasan. That's when the children will be bali rasan. That's only if they didn't eat anything after the bloodletting. If they just eat something, they have the, uh, the orange juice or whatever they give you and the entomates uh, right after uh, you give blood. Right, so they have that, and then they can have tashmish, and it's not going to be a problem. But if, uh, if, on, if on an empty stomach, after uh, bloodletting, then you can have this, uh, this problem. So, Maisimane, what are the um, symptoms of Bali Rasan? So, Dolphinene, their eyes tear uh, excessively. Daivinichira, there's constant uh, uh, mucus coming out of their nose. Vaisleirira mipume, and they're salivating constantly. Viramu didvi lave, and there are flies always flying all over them that are attracted to them. Umaya susay, and how do you cure Bali Rasan? So, here's how you do the brain surgery. Amra Abaye, Abaye says, you, get, you gather the following ingredients. Pila, viludna, different types of herbs. Vigirda da aguza, the peel of, a, of an ego's tree. Vigirda da ashba, what you were able to scrape off of the skin of an animal when you, uh, when you, when you tan the hide of the animal. Vikolil malka, a certain type of uh, root. Umaskla da diklasumka, the, the shell of uh, red uh, dates. Vishaluklu badeadad, you cook all of those things together. Umaylil basin de shisha, then you bring the chola into a marble room where uh, there's no wind whatsoever. Whatsoever, the Iloika base the Shisha, and if you can't find such a room, you bring him into a room whose walls are so thick that it's seven Levanim and an Ariach thick, that's how many, many bricks there are in the thickness of the wall. You pour 300 cups of this mixture over his head until his skull becomes softened. Then you tear open his skull. You bring four leaves of Hadassim, and you lift each leg of this sheretz that's on his brain, uh, and, and uh, you put each one by one on a uh, different hadas leaf, and then you take a, uh, a, 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 a tweezer and you take the, the bug, and you burn it, because if you don't burn the bug, he's going to go right back onto the fellow's brain, and that's the way you do the brain surgery. Don't try this at home, but that's the way you do the brain surgery to cure this person. So, Rabbi Yochan announced you got to be very careful, stay away from the flies that are uh, hovering around the Bali Ra'asan. Rabbi Zera Lava Yosef Bizike. Rabbi Zera wouldn't even uh, stay in the same uh, in, in, where, where, uh, where, where the wind could blow from, uh, from, from the, on, on both him and the Bali Ra'asan at the same time. That he thought it was such a contagious disease that the wind would blow the disease from the Bali Ra'asan to him. Rabbi Lazar Lo'ayel Ba'ale. Rabbi Lazar wouldn't go into the same ohel as a Bali Rasa. Rabbi Ami Rabbi Asi, Lava Achli Mi Be'i Mavua. They wouldn't eat from eggs that were laid in the same Mavua where Bali Rasa lived, meaning they were Choshesh, that the disease was transmitted in all sorts of different ways. And uh, if, uh, if you're not sure exactly how the disease is transmitted, you stay away. You stay as far away as you uh, as you can, right? That's what the Ramah writes in Shulchan Aruch, that if 
there's a dever beir, leave, get out of the city, so that uh, you could uh, you could avoid becoming Ramadan's uh, quotes from a Chuvas Ramah that uh, that you should run away, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, so that's that's the halach. A person is supposed to run away from a city when there's uh, and then just stay away from people who have these transmittable diseases that are very dangerous. Rabbi Shubin Levi Mikrach Bahu Rabbi Shubin Levi, he was an exception. He would uh, hang out with the Bali Rasa and he would just learn Torah the, the whole time. Amar and he would say about Torah, Ayelas Ayav Ahavim Viyalas Chain Im Chain Mala Alom Deha Aguni Magna. If Torah can provide Chain for those who learn it, you don't think it's going to have protective powers? So the Torah will protect me. So that was Rabbi Shubin Levi. He was a very unique and special person. That's not for everybody. He have a shachiv when Rabbi Shubin Levi died, just to highlight how different Rabbi Shubin Levi was than the rest of the world. The Gemara tells us about Rabbi Shubin Levi's unusual death. So the Basin Shalmaila told the Malachamavas, so the Malachamavas, Zil Avale Ruuse, you need to go and have a conversation with Rabbi Shubin Levi and ask him how he wants to go, ask him what he wants. So Azul Khazale, the Malachamavas, uh, politely knocked on his door and said, Hi, I'm here. So Rabbi Shubin Levi said to the Malachamavas, I'd like you to show me before you take me, show me my place in Ganeiden. So the Malachamavas said, Lachi, okay, I was told to do whatever you want, so no problem. So Rabbi Shubin Levi said to the Malachamavas, do me a favor, give me your knife, you know, that you kill people with. Because I'm afraid, as you're going to show me my place in Ghana, then someone's going to frighten me, so I need some self-defense. So Yavanele, he said, okay, I was told to give you whatever you want, so here you go, here's the knife. So when they got to his place in Ghana, then Dalia, the, uh, the Malachamavs lifted him up, and he showed him, I guess it's a high wall, so he lifted him up over the wall for him to peek at his place in Ghana. So Shavar, Nafalahu Gisa. So Bishum Levi took advantage of the opportunity and he jumped over the wall as the Malachamavis was lifting him up to show him while still alive he jumped to the other side so Nakte the Malachamavis the Malachamavis grabbed to the corner of his begad to try to pull him back over so said I swear that I'm not leaving here so the Malachamavis wanted to take him out of Gan Eden but he couldn't take him out because now there was a Shavuah that he's not allowed to come out and he can't violate the Shavuah so Amr Kuchabrichu I itchul HaShavuasa Nihadar V'ilo lo Nihadar so HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, let's look at Rabbi Shubin Levi's entire life. Did he ever have a Shavuah that he went to be Shawel on the Shavuah to undo an existing Shavuah? If he did, then get him out of there. And we'll, we'll be Shawel in this Shavuah as well and we'll take him out of Gan Eden. But if he never did, then he gets to stay. So Amalei, afterwards, uh, the Malach said to Rabbi Shubin Levi, Havli Sakinai, I need my knife back. So Lava Kayavle, he didn't want to give him his knife back. Nafak Baskala, Amalei, Havne Alei, Dimitvay Libriyasa. He said, no, no, that you got to give him back. He's got to do his job. So he needs this for uh, to, to be the Malachamavas. So you got to give him his knife back. So Relio and Navi announced up in uh, Gan Eden, everyone should clear space for Rabbi Shubin Levi. So Azul Ashkechei, Rabbi Shubin Levi went and he found the Rabbi Shubin Ben Yochai, Davi Yosval Tasser Techiti Pisa, who was sitting on 13 golden thrones. So Amlei, Atu Bar Levi, Rabbi Shubin Yochai said, Oh, are you the famous Rabbi Shubin Levi we heard about that Elio and Navi just announced? Amlei, hey, he said, yeah, that's me. Near Sakeshus Piyamecha, in your entire life, you ever see a rainbow? Amalei, hey, he said, yeah, I've seen rainbows. Well, then you're obviously not Rabbi Shobin Levi, because Rabbi Shobin Levi would have protected his generation that they never would have needed to see a rainbow. It happens to be he lied. He never saw a rainbow. He just didn't want to brag. So uh, so he said that he had seen a rainbow, but he hadn't really, and he really was Rabbi Shobin Levi. Rabbi Chanina Bar Papa was a uh, good friend of him, 
who is him? So two deos, either the Malach Hamavas or Rabbi Shua ben Levi. So when it came his time to die, where Rabbi Chaim Bar Papa's time to die, so Amrulei. The Malachamavas, the Basin and Shalmaila told the Malachamavas, Zil Avaliru say, do whatever he wants. So the Malachamavas went to Rabbi Khanim Rapapa and he uh, and he showed himself to him. Amrlay. So the Rabbi Khanim Rapapa said to the Malachamavas, Shavki Tasanyomadinadi Tamudai, give me thirty days so I can chazer all my learning. Da Amri, because we know what they say, Ashemi Shabala Kadvitalmudobiado, that fortunate is someone who makes it to the Olama MS with his learning in hand. So I want to just solidify all my learning to make sure that I have everything down cold. So Shavke, so the Malcolm Abba said, okay, I'll see you in a month, I'll be back in 30 days. Lebasa Tosin Yomim, 30 days later, Ozil Ischazadeh, the Malcolm Abba, uh, again, showed himself to Rabbi Chanin Bar Papa. He came knocking at his door again. So Rabbi Chanin Bar Papa said to the Malcolm Abba, I would like to see my place in Gan Eden. So Rabbi the Malcolm Abba said, okay, they told me in the Beis Shalmaila, I'm supposed to do what you want. So no problem. So Rabbi Chanin Bar Papa said to the Malcolm Abba, I would like to uh, have your knife, please. Dilmam vasas liborucha, because I'm afraid that someone might frighten me along the way. So the Malachamav said, Kichavrach Baslamavali. Wait a second, I was tricked about this once. You want to do to me like what Rabbi Shubh and Levi did to me? You're going to jump the fence and you're going to steal my knife? So I see Sefer Torah Vachazi. So Rabbi Shubh said to the Malachamav, Bring the Sefer Torah and we'll see. Mi kamidi dixiv be velokiamtia. Is there anything that's written in the Torah that I did not fulfill? So I deserve. To, to have the same fate as Rabbi Shubham Levi. So yes, I'm asking for the same thing Rabbi Shubham Levi asked for because I deserve to have the same things Rabbi Shubham Levi had. So Malay says, yeah, me cracked up Bali Rasan, the asked to Torah. Did you learn Torah next to Bali Rasan who had this terrible uh, disease that you, that, that, to danger of your own life? You didn't do that. You don't deserve. Nevertheless, even though he didn't quite measure up to Rabbi Shubham Levi, when he died, when Rechanin Bar Papa died, there was a pillar of fire that separated him from the rest of the world, the Gemiri, and we have a tradition that that only happens for one or two or two people in a generation. So Rabbi Alexandri said to him, "Remove this pillar of fire for the cover of the Chachamim." The other Chacham didn't have this; it's embarrassing. He didn't listen. For the cover of your father, your, your own father didn't have this. He didn't listen. Do it for your own cover. We need to be able to be cover you and to be mass with you. And we can't do it if we can't access you because there's this fire in between your body and everybody else. So Stalik. So then the fire went away and the Chavar Kadisha was able to do their job. So Amr Abaye said that uh, when uh, the, this Amud Eish uh, was there, that's the Afuke Mantlo Kiem, that's to, be, uh, to, to exclude, to separate him from people who were not Makayim something, a, a single os in the Torah. Because he was Makayim every os in the Torah. Amr Levad Bar Masa, so Oh, you mean like you, Abaye, who you don't have a maka on your roof, so you're someone who doesn't fulfill all that it says in the Torah? Velohi, that wasn't really fair. Mehava hava, Abaye had a maka on his roof. He shaitu deshadizika, but a wind had just blown down his maka, so he was caught without a maka for a few moments. So Once this whole conversation started with Bali Rasan, with people who have this type of disease, why is it? 
opposite that no one in Babel suffers from this. Because they eat beets, and they drink his me beer. How come we don't find saras in Babel? Because they eat uh, this beet juice, and they drink beer, and they bathe in the May Pras, in the Pras River. Uh, so from all of that, it prevents having saras. Tomorrow we'll pick up with the eighth parrot of Mesechus Ksubis. Have a great day, everyone.